So you're listening to episode 23 of our podcast. My name is Dita Randolph. And I'm Jenny Randolph. And as we gather around, I, I have to say that I don't understand what you've brought to the table this time. Oh, but it's so very cool. It's a book that I have I mean, I know been... what books are. Let's okay, just... all right. I've just, read I'm... one or two. Just... Just wanted to make sure. Yeah, the last Just... one I think was Hop on Pop, <laughs> One Fish, Two Fish. I'm not sure which, but one of the classics. It's all right. We'll take it slow. It's all, it's all right. No, this is a book that I just got um, just a day or two ago, and I've already just really, really fallen in love with it. It is called Kale and Caramel. It's like a buddy cop. No, no, no. Kale, turn no, your badge. No, it's, it's so, and, and I'm not sure, I always pronounce it caramel, because you wouldn't say a caramel apple. I would. Would you say that? Yeah, as in. You'd say a caramel as apple. As in, I do not want that caramel apple, because there's fruit inside it, please just give me chocolate. That's how I would use that in this Okay, sentence. so regardless of whether you. <laughs> caramel, caramel. I think it really depends on my mood. Caramel is certainly more posh to say. It really is. So it may be kale and caramel. And great coupon. And which might be the title. But anyway, my It's a cookbook called It's not no, it's not just a cookbook. Okay. And it's, it's a actually philosophy. No, no. I mean there are some recipes in there for sure. But basically, um the author is talking about taking like different herbs and different things from the garden and just using it not just to eat but also for aromatherapy and for skin products and for your body so it's like all of this all this natural stuff that you can find everywhere and you don't have to go out and buy these like really expensive stuff you Mm -hmm. could really find good products in your kitchen and use them to help heal yourself and to help eat right and eat seasonally, which I love to do. I really, really, really like that. Her name is Lily Diamond, and it's just such a pretty book. Yeah, it's so yeah. I was pretty. flipping through the the pictures. Yeah, it's really good. Well, and what she does is she takes every chapter. What happens is that she takes an herb or a flower, mm-hmm. and then she tells you. Everything that you can do with it, oh, that's cool. or not everything that you can do with it, but her favorite things that you can you can do with it. And right now, I'm just sort of I've I have gone through basically the whole book, and now I'm going and trying different things out of it. Do you read a book like that in passes? Because I tend to like I'll make it's oh, like yeah. how I read magazines. I'll do a pass, and I'll just like kind of look at the pictures and get a sense of it, and then I go in and I read. Oh yeah, and inevitably it's... I read it cover to cover, but I kind of have to make swipes at it. Sure. And and again, this is, you know, the explanations of why and how like every herb book. is. Right. It really is. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, you know. What, that terrible a, Sandra Bullock movie? Practical yeah, it's kind, of, it's kind of like low-key, you know, <laughs> witchcraft here is pretty cool. Yeah, it's, when it's if awesome. the object of the spell is smoother elbows or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. I think that when you can take things from your refrigerator and from your kitchen and put it on your face and it well, actually see see results no <laughs> now let me finish and actually see results from that and it is kind of magical and i'm i'm willing to go there yeah but anyway my favorite recipe so far she has something that she uses for basil and it's a sparkling cucumber basil lemonade mm-hmm. and it's super yummy and super awesome, and I'm just really looking forward. I'm just really looking forward to going through the book and trying a whole bunch of stuff. And so, if you see me with like weird face masks on, it's like just with honey and like <laughs> yogurt and all of that stuff, don't be alarmed. We're starving just, to death, but my skin is exquisite. Just go with it. Just I'm just asking you to go with it. Anyway, it is so beautiful and i love it and i have just been so happy with it so far okay, so that's so, that's what i have been kind of excited about this week okay this is real talk time i i speak for the other two people and probably also for the dog in this house and that is whenever you get one of these books or even if it's just like a straight cookbook or whatever we all have kind of a, a fear about that because Jenny, the things that you make when it's just your recipe and your ideas are always so good that we always worry that this whatever it is is not going to be. It never is as good as your stuff because you've got 
talking of magical stuff. But when you said magic, it made me think of um, the other day. Do you remember we walked through? It was a Starbucks in a Target. So it wasn't even like, not that Starbucks is especially cool, but it wasn't even like a legit, like like like, a cool Starbucks. It was a a Starbucks in a store. Mm -hmm. And there was a dude in there who had big red headphones and pre-ripped jeans and he was reading a book about magic and it was spelled, you know, magic with a K. So, uh-oh, oh, look you at. know it's serious. And it's, he had a Sepultra, t- you know, that band Sepultra. Uh-huh. That's like the jokey band. That's the, when I'm, yeah. that I don't, when I do a poll of here's a dark band, it's one of those like, you know, where they just sound like they're, they're like the dog barking kind of band. And so I really wanted to come up to him and say, look, I'll buy you a cup of coffee if you get rid of one of those things because you get <laughs> too much, too much here. You're. He had a message for the world. Yeah, the message was, no one plays Dungeons and Dragons with me, so I'm living it out right now. Bless his heart, it was just a lot. And so whenever I, since then, this is a week or so ago, whenever I hear the word magic, it, that comes up for me is that dude. So I've been, believe it or not, I've been reading as well. And the book I've been reading is called For the Love of Cities. And it's actually uh, written by a friend of ours. Peter is somebody that we've hung out with. In fact, we the you and me and Peter and his fiance Michelle accidentally were sat together at a really boring Christmas party and all four of us snuck out at the same time. Yes. But before that we got to hang out and talk a little bit. I didn't know he had written he's written two books and this one for the love of cities is about his central theme which is finding that kind of a relationship with your city because you can change things in a town when you love it and so it's about what does that love look like how do you find that and and the book is really fascinating i'm almost done with it and i'm looking forward to getting the next one and then i really want to pick his brain about what went into that i owe him a cup of coffee at least but for the love of cities you got to find the book it's on amazon and all that but if you go to for the love of cities.com you can you can see more about it but I'm interested in that for a lot of reasons. But for one thing, Peter and Michelle live in St. Petersburg, the right. finest city on the face yeah. of the earth. Well, that's a ringing endorsement. If if the guy that his, in in the book, there's stuff about Detroit, New York City, San Francisco, all over the place. But here he is, and I agree. You know, there's and it's just such a great thing to to see that. But I'm also really interested in it because I love this town and. While I'm so grateful for this podcast and and I'm so grateful for you, whoever's listening, it's such a beautiful experience. And that's a piece of our lives and the ministry, the work that we're doing. But there's this other part of it where it's like I'm really interested in creating an authentic St. Petersburg experience. So often in churches and in religion, the experience is kind of interchangeable. And I want something that is the opposite of that. And so he's really speaking to my heart with the, with this book. And so once again, I'm just, I'm a huge fan. It's so important to just fall in love with your town. Well, when you get done with that book, I'd like to read it. And then when I get done with this, you can read that one. And I'll just start smearing like chip dip on my face. And listen, stuff. listen. Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. You can be beautiful too if you just tried a little you bit. You just put the, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. No, honey is really great for your face, by the way. But I can never it's imagine. It's really good for the mouth part of your face when you put it <laughs> no, in No, I can tea. never imagine you getting to put honey a honey mask on your face. But it really is. It's nature's like antibacterial. It's mm-hmm. it's gorgeous stuff to use. But anyway. And you're not putting anything toxic on your I body. I figured out. That That's actually really nice. You can take these beans and grind them up and put them in hot water. And an amazing thing happened. Well, speaking of coffee... That, that, that we that's all a re- good name for it. Okay. Oh, don't be. My hot bean juice. Listen. <laughs> nobody wants to drink that. But no, if we have a catchy nobody, name. Nobody wants your hot bean juice. <laughs> but speaking of lovely hot bean juice, we uh, found a new coffee shop. Yeah, and I'm so glad because it's not far from our house. It's just really neat to be right in the neighborhood. And the place is called Neighborhood Joe. And uh, we started following them on Facebook and Instagram and all that kind of stuff. If you follow us, you can you can find Neighborhood Joe. But if you Google for Neighborhood Joe St. Petersburg or whatever, they don't have an official website yet because they just opened, but they have a Facebook page. But we went in there because coffee. 
Yeah, we were we were running some errands. I think we had to go to the hardware store, and we were just we were just out and about. Mm-hmm. I think it was on a Saturday, wasn't it, or something like it that? It was. Yeah, and we just saw, and I said, you know what? We should really go in, support them, see what it's all about. And it was nice. They have a nice little place in there. It yeah, really and the, the gentleman who who runs it, super nice. You know, he's just sort of figuring stuff out, and and it's one of those things where. You, there's coffee shops where they work all day and they've been doing it all day and he's brand new. And so there's wonderful quirkiness about the fact that he's figuring stuff out. But what you see is heart. And I love that. And I think that anytime somebody opens up something that you're even halfway interested in, it just so happens that coffee is a huge interest for us. But anytime somebody opens up something that you're even halfway interested in in your town, you got to go do it. I mean, we're big believers in shop local. There's a great website, Keep St. Petersburg Local. It's it's a huge part of what drives us economically. And so you have to endorse it. And I was so proud of us that we had a moment to go endorse this local coffee shop. It was great. Highly recommended. And, and just a nice thing to, to talk to somebody and say, how's business? And actually talk to the owner of something. Mm-hmm. Think about how rare that is yeah. in our culture. And you, you had a cafe con leche. Mm-hmm. And I had a chai tea with coconut milk. And it was very good. Cafe con leche, of course, is, uh, is uh, Spanish for cafe with leche. Yes. We're talking about something really interesting tonight in the dig-in portion of the podcast. And we've touched on this subject a little bit before. You can't help it. It's huge. It, it It's a reoccurring theme in the things that we discuss, not only on the podcast, but also in our private lives and things of that nature. But it's the idea of, of being religious versus being spiritual. Yeah, and right? which is okay. Does both, are they compatible with each other? And all of that. Right, and I don't really want to talk about the overarching idea there because we have touched on that and in a, in a number of podcasts. And one podcast that I can go back and look, folks, you'll find it. It's it's something along those lines. And you know, I mean, we always say spirituality is about how you feel. Religion is about what you do. Right. And so you know, we hit it hard a lot because it's a it's a pet peeve. When somebody says, I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual, and the idea is that religion is somehow inherently bad. We've talked about that. And just to sum up, that feeling is a little bit misplaced in the same way that somebody says, oh, politics is bad. Well, no. I mean, there are some yucky politicians doing yucky things. However, if you've got a large group of people and you want to get something done, what you're talking about is a political process. Right. There's nothing wrong with politics itself. And the example that we often use is restaurants aren't bad just because one of them gave you food poisoning. You could say that about all kinds of things. Books aren't bad just because the Twilight series is not very good. Right. You Agreed. Know, it's, it's, that's, that's dumb and it's simple-minded and it's close-minded and exactly – it's such an interesting irony because the kind of people who look down their nose at religion are going to say, oh, well, those people are so close-minded. Well, it's a very close-minded thing. And in fact, you know, we've talked about the fact that I've got a Jesus fish on the back of the Jeep. Mm-hmm. We've talked yep. about that before. Yeah, we did. We were driving around today. And I didn't mention it to you because we were in the middle of a conversation, but it just sort of struck a chord in my mind. There was a guy in front of us who he had the dinosaur eating the Jesus fish, mm-hmm. which I think is funny. Oh, it's hilarious. It's funny. I like, you know, I, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. But there's an underlying theme there. And what that person, whether they mean to or not, what that person is saying is if you believe in Jesus and Christianity and that stuff. You don't believe in science. You don't believe in science and evolution right. and therefore you're stupid. And I win because I've got the dinosaur. And as someone who, let's be clear, I do believe in evolution. Sure. And I believe profoundly that what the Bible is talking about and what science is talking about are wholly compatible in exactly the same way that I believe that prayer heals, but I have no problem with taking an Advil or going to the hospital. Right. There, those things work together. You don't have to be so so black and white. You don't have to be so closed-minded. And so even though we were in the middle of a conversation about something else, I had a momentary little episode where I thought, you know, that really stinks 
that there's that atmosphere of closed-mindedness and it keeps either group from learning from the other one. And I am so proud to be a Christian. It's at the core of, of me, but I don't like being painted with the same brush as, let's say, people from West, Westboro Baptist Church. Or just, you know, somebody that is just nasty. I mean, really, I mean, the, the, the televised version of Christianity is not very flattering. But that being said, we serve as examples of the kind of Christians that we want to be the, that because that's how you know Christianity. You don't learn it from... Hanging out with the Pope or Exactly. Yeah. You learn it by your neighbors and your friends and being a good person. But I want to I dig a little deeper. And, and the, the main topic that I really wanted to address in the religion slash spirituality part of this is there's something that goes on. And, and I'm, I'm not really talking about the people who are anti-religion. I'm not talking about the science people tonight. Although, you know, I appreciate what you were talking about. I think I want to dig a little bit deeper and go to the place and talk about the people who are spiritual slash religious. And I want to talk about something very specific and that is the racism and the cultural appropriation that happens within other people's and other nations' religions. Yeah, I th- and you use the word racism, and I don't think that's misplaced. And it, it doesn't feel no. misplaced. I know that that is a, a very charged term, but in the context here, I, I really do believe that it fits. And maybe by the time we're done talking about this, others will agree with us, or maybe they won't. But I, I do sort of have a, a pretty strong feeling about that. Well, and you know, I'm I'm at peace with, you know, if you're listening to this and, you know, let's see where we go with this conversation. But, you know, write us. Let's talk, you know, because we want to talk. This isn't one-sided, even though we're talking and you can't talk back in this moment. Write a comment. Get in touch. Anyway, let me paint a picture for you. Here's somebody that says, I'm not into religion because I'm into spirituality. And this is the same person. This is an imaginary person. It's an extreme example. It's a caricature. But this is the same person that from time to time will post on Facebook, for example, Jesus was not a Christian. Love was his religion. He didn't have a religion. I've seen that or variation over and over again. Okay, so a couple of things. First of all, Jesus was very religious. He considered himself Jewish. He said over and over again, I'm here to fulfill all of the stuff of Judaism. Mm-hmm. So that statement is hogwash, but okay, enough of that. There are people that in this caricature example who say, I'm not into religion, but then you, you, you look at them and they're wearing Native American jewelry and maybe a crucifix and a Star of David They've got, you know, special herbal Birkenstocks on that they got from a metaphysical bookstore. And you go out to their car, there's a hundred bumper stickers. There's like an ohm thing and there's a thing that says coexist and it's got all the religious symbols. They got a Tao Te Ching under their dashboard. They got a dream catcher on their rearview mirror. By the way, the dream catcher in the rearview mirror bothers me. Are you sleeping while you're driving? It's I, dangerous. Yeah, I, I always I, think that. I'm like, <laughs> who's, are you sleeping in your car? Is that your yeah. home too? Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not going to judge, but right. yeah, that's not supposed to go there. That's what I but, think. Yeah, it's like pillow and blanket. But but you know what? That is a really really good point, and I know that you're on a you're on a roll here. But I want to bring that up. The original use for a dream catcher in the Native American tradition is very sacred, mm-hmm. and it's hanging from your rearview mirror. Yeah, and I just find that I don't know. I just find that to be a little bit. Well, offensive. A, I don't know. Maybe I'm just too sensitive. There. There's a couple of things there, and I want to get there. But first, I want to say, if you tell me you're not religious, but you've got more religious paraphernalia than the average Catholic priest or shaman, you got to get in touch with that part of yourself. You've got a lot of religious gear. You know, you can't say I'm not religious and have all of that equipment because all of it is religious. Remember, the definition of religion is an action taken in the name of a spiritual belief. When you do something, that's religious. When you feel something, that's spiritual. That's the that's the 
the back of the envelope uh, definition for that. So you're taking all kinds of actions and all of them are religious actions. So first of all, let's get in touch with the fact that, that that's not bad. I would rather that that fictional person, and no one's that bad, but we've all seen, exam you know, that kind of thing. The only thing that I can think of is that in that movie, Mummy, um, yeah, that, Benny. That, the character Benny, yeah, and the he's first, like, you know, and, Fraser, yeah, yeah. and he's like trying to, you know, talk the mummy into not hurting him, and he's like, he's got all of these various necklaces around his yeah, neck. Yeah, he's got like the star of David, yeah, yep. and he starts speaking exactly. Hebrew and everything. Yeah, well, and actually that's kind of the point. I don't, I can't speak for what individuals are doing, but it looks to me, in some cases, like the person who's got all kinds of different religious gugas like they're just trying to hedge their bets because the thing is and we're going to get here in a minute let me just put a pin in it and say right now all religions don't say the same thing and in fact in many places they contradict one another it's very difficult to believe in every single religion okay we'll come back to that in a minute the thing I want to say right now is I would rather that that person cop to it and say, you know what, I'm profoundly religious. I'm so religious. I'm into a whole bunch of different religions. I got everything. I got it all. <laughs> right. You know what, let's, let's start there because you do. Right. But, so, okay, so let's get, let's put that aside and get back to what you were saying about the dream catcher. The thing is, if you can put it on and take it off, then it's, it's not, not a part yes, of you. Yes, exactly. It's a costume. I, and, yes. And you know, uh, there's a there's a person that we both know who a million years ago when that movie Dances with Wolves came out in the theater, that the Kevin Costner movie. Decades ago, by the way. He's got a little bit of Indian blood. Mm -hmm. And he showed up to the Dances with Wolves premiere in full Indian regalia. I mean, the headdress, the loincloth, the, the paint the whole thing and so first of all what are you doing yeah isn't your butt cold and but also he wasn't <laughs> I just have this picture i'm just oh yeah. lord yeah, no mercy. i'm sorry I just to cannot, have taken you back there. i i know i'm i'm yeah. you, you just but, like zoomed me back to the past and i is, just i cannot take it because it was just what do you do? Well, and I mean, you, you we can't... weren't there, but let's be clear. I know, but what, what I do did you do? when I heard can't... about it is I told him I thought that was silly. But the thing is, he didn't go back to live in the 1800s. He didn't go back to live on a reservation. He didn't. In no way was he like the people in that movie. Well, and not only he that, he lived in a regular neighborhood in a regular house. Nobody else in his family is doing Native American things. He's not a First Nations person. He went back to doing nothing else in his life had anything to do with that. And that meant that it was a costume. And not just that, but not even helping the people that he was representing. That could even be something. It's just like, okay, I'm I'm helping this charity. Yeah, because life ain't or, easy on the reservation. Right? I mean, we I mean, know that, that, right? Yeah, there's, that's kind of a turn of phrase. It's like, hello. You there's know, things I mean, that you could be doing helping instead of spending a right. lot of money. For I would have even said, okay, you know, you're coming in to raise awareness for, for helping kids that are on the reservation for their diet, for their schooling, for whatever. I would have been like, okay, cool. It's a it's a stunt, and you're just trying to raise awareness. Got you, but he was doing it for him. He was playing dress up. It was a hey, look at me moment. And the thing is, so this is the point of that. This is why I thought of it. You got to go, and this is more or less what I said to him at the time. Is this what you think being a Native American is? Is the outfit? Because that is absolutely the last part of it. And I'm not going to lecture somebody on what it means to be Native American. I, like a lot of people, have a little bit of Native American blood, but I don't claim to understand that experience. It's, it's a you completely different world. You don't live it. But you, what you... I know is the fact that I don't have a strong feeling of it means I'm not qualified to speak as an authority about it. I don't get to put it on and take it off because I don't have any skin in the game. You know what I mean? And so what I'm saying is it is wonderful to endorse multiculturalism that's beautiful sure. because we have a lot to learn yes it's wonderful to to explore that it is not okay to assume that you're putting on some kind of wisdom by putting on a necklace and in fact 
that's kind of offensive. I think it is. I mean, and, and again, I may be just uber sensitive to this subject, um, but I think anytime you are taking anybody's culture and wearing it as a costume, it's not okay. It really isn't. Right. I mean... I would rather dress my kids up as the devil, you know, being a unique person, we don't even believe in that, you know, some fictional character, than I would, you know, any kind of other culture. You know what I mean? Well, does, and does I that... think that, yes, I do. And the thing is, there's this feeling of, I don't want to mess it up. And I don't have a strong feeling, a conviction about what is true. And because I don't have that connection... I don't want to mess up because the stakes are high. This is spirituality. This is my eternal soul, for example. This is my transcendent connection, whatever you want to call it. I don't want to screw that up. So instead of forging that bond, I'm going to just make sure I cover all of the bases. The other way to say that is I don't want to be offensive to anybody. So I'm going to just, I'm going to wear the necklace from this group, but the pants from this group. And the bracelet from this group, and I read the book from this group, and in my car I got the music from this group, because that's how I make sure I'm I'm not being offensive. But the thing is, that ends up being offensive to everybody, because if all I'm telling you is, what I know about your culture is the jewelry, or the music, or this superficial part of you, and really what I'm 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 emphasizing is sort of that really racist, noble, savage archetype, that's not really okay. Right. So in trying to be non-offensive to everybody, I end up kind of offending everybody. Well, but just on a personal level, though, don't you think you just end up being kind of empty? Because you clearly don't understand what any of those religions or cultures are really talking about. So you end up, it's like that old phrase, if you, you, know, if you don't stand for something, you'll, you'll fall, fall for anything. anything. And it's exactly like that. Where it's like, just pick one and go and actually live it. Well, because that's, I would find yeah. that so much less offensive than, you know, than, like you said, being able to put it on when you feel like it and take it off when you feel like it. So the, the beautiful thing that happens when people from different viewpoints, different heritages, different socioeconomic, whatever, when people who have differences come together. The beautiful thing is not, hey, let's pretend like we don't have differences. The beautiful thing is when there is a sharing, when you could really say, this is what makes me tick. This is what I'm about. This is where I'm from. This is where I'm going. This is who I am right now. What's your story? And when those different people can get together and share, everybody grows. The feeling of equality doesn't come from us going, we are all the same. It comes from us going, we have these amazing differences. And those differences are what put us on the same playing field. There is something unique about you. And it's it's the difference between watered-down fast food and a really unique, special meal from a certain country. You know, you right. really get the flavor of that culture and something that means something versus the, you know, chicken parmigiana at Burger King. Well, I was going to say, know? you remember you remember when we were teenagers and they did, you could get the French one and you could get the, you know. Yeah, you could back get... before the vegetarian times, I yeah. remember. But nobody thinks that that represents what it's like to be in Italy, for example, or whatever. That's crazy. And so, by the same token, let us... Be the kind of people who are not trying to water down everybody's beliefs just because it's easier for us to deal with. Now, I've talked about this before, but I'm going to say it again. There are those people who say, you know, all religions say the same thing. And first of all, they manifestly do not. As we said, there are some religions that think other ones are going to hell, for example. There are some religions that just don't even understand what the other ones are talking about. You go explain Taoism to a Southern Baptist. You know what I right. mean? It's or not, Scientology to anyone. Well, it's not that one's <laughs> right or wrong. It's there's stuff that we get down with and there's stuff that we don't understand. Right. The trick is to be the upfront about that. But as I've said before, the kind of people who say all religions are saying the same thing really tend to mean, maybe not always, let's be, let's be sure, but in my experience, when, when somebody says, 
All religions say the same thing. What they really mean is all religions say what I'm saying. And won't it be great that there'll be this day when all religions realize that I was right all along? You know, that kind of an idea of, I used to have one religion and now I've gotten it and I'm smarter than everybody else because they have their little things they do. Well, guess what? You started working at Burger King. Because the different religions, the different spiritualities, the different cultures have different offerings. And there's something really beautiful about getting past the myth of a homogenous religious experience. But how boring is that too? Do you really want sort of a Logan's Run experience where it's just like all <laughs> No, but really no, like no, it's you're all right. or this 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 utopian future that is that is often, you know, that 70s utopian future where it's like really bizarre and everybody's wearing the same outfit and everything and you're like what is happening? And that's yeah. that's horrible. I I I, yet, I don't like those ideas. And I you know, the common ground is our differences. I love that you said that. I I I love that we can come together and say, hey, I don't like broccoli. Hey, I do. <laughs> you know, and just even on that simple... But that's the beginning of a conversation, which means it's the beginning of a relationship, which means it's the beginning of growth. It really does start Well, in connection. And I have to tell you, I have seen a lot more diversity in terms of fashion in a mainstream religious setting at a regular church on a Sunday morning I have seen more people dress differently, different haircuts, different age groups, different demographics, different whatever. But I have been to a lot of quote-unquote progressive alternative churches where everybody shopped at the same store. They're all wearing, you know, the equivalent of, you know, Thai fisherman pants and the same sandals and the same headband and the same whatever. You ask me who is a nonconformist. Right. You know, right. I know where Earthbound Trading Company is too. But you know what I mean? There's something really important there. And more importantly, I, you know, we know that there are mainstream religions that, that have some closed-minded stuff and some judgmental stuff. I'm not challenging that. Absolutely, that's the case. We all know that that's not what Jesus was about and there's really a lot of room for healing there. No question about it. But I have to say that I have encountered so much more open-mindedness in a Methodist church, let's say, than I have at some quote-unquote progressive alternative churches because I have encountered this statement on many occasions. Oh, well, I used to go to that church, but they're so close-minded. I wish that they could just be like me and those people. Oh gosh, it's so gross, those people. Well, guess what? That's the close-minded moment. Right. Because you know what? If you walked into the Methodist church, the Episcopal church, and you said, hey, I'm, I just want to, I just want to know about God, you're going to get a big hug. And somebody hand you some lemonade, you know, there's a difference there. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying everybody's like anything. You know me better than that. But there's a point in there. And the point is, what it is on the outside is never the thing to look for. I think that the secret to growing is not to make other people like you. Don't make it that Jesus would say what you want him to say. Don't make it that other religions say what you want them to say. Well, I think our jobs as humans really is... You know, it's know thyself. Mm -hmm. And if you know what makes you tick and you're secure in your thoughts and ideas, you can go out into the world and pick up a book and take bits and pieces from that into yourself because you're not afraid, because you know what you believe. You, you, so I think that that is our job description is to figure out what makes you tick figure out at this moment and it's ever changing you know you're always learning you're always growing you're gonna you know something that you did two years ago you're probably not doing anymore but you're learning and you're growing and I think that as humans we need to do that don't be afraid that somebody's going to get inside you with their thoughts or ideas or that somebody's going to come and, and do something spooky to you and you're going to be a different person 
my you know what i mean well, it is am i making am i making no, sense that's a piece of the self-esteem puzzle the other pieces and also don't worship something just because it's from a far away place right Neither why are you one doing those, this answer those yeah, yeah answer the question of why are you doing this and what is it that that is speaking to your heart and i think that if you can make those decisions with a rational mind and a loving heart you got the two great tastes that taste great together. <laughs> no, really, but you do. It's yeah. like, but you you must must ask yourself those questions. You must. Well, did you get the Om tattoo because you thought it was pretty? Because if you can't tell me what Om means, we're gonna have a long conversation. Agreed. You know what I mean? It's yes, that kind agreed. of thing. And and I just feel, I just feel that people need to take a step back and realize what they're really doing and i think what it is is they i think people just so desperately want to belong to a group they want that connection so much you know absolutely that's what we're programmed for but but you have to dig deeper than just what's on the surface than what you've seen on television or what some famous person has tattooed on their body i just I I cringe when I see that. No, like really, like I'm I'm grabbing my forehead as <laughs> as I'm speaking this. It it just it really does. It makes me cringe. Well, Think like about I said, it, folks. if you Think believe if you believe in the Om, if that's a thing for you, by all means, absolutely. But you can't put it on like like a costume, and that's the thing. We've talked about this before. Here's how faith works. It is one hundred percent dependent on two things: subject and object. Faith is mediated by how big your God is, whether you call it God or not, and how worthy you are. If you've got a great, big, beautiful concept of ultimate concern of nirvana or God or the Christ or whatever you want to call that, if you've got this big concept, but you're not worth anything, you can't access that. If you feel like you've got a strong sense of self, but ultimate concern is that the world is a terrible place or God's not around or doesn't like you or whatever, once again, diminished capacity to experience that beauty. So ask yourself, how big is my God and how much do I deserve? That comes down to a matter of self-esteem, self-worth. If you don't feel like you're worth it, it doesn't matter what equipment you have purchased. It doesn't matter who you hang out with. You could spend all day, you know, have an espresso with the Dalai Lama or with Jesus Christ or with Gandhi or with anybody. If you're not worth it, you're not going to receive the message. But if you know who you are, you'll know that whatever you do to the least of these, you do to me. If you know who you are, you will get that spiritual message from the coffee shop around the corner. It's never about what you've purchased. I think that there's so much of this has to do not with appropriating, but rather go into yourself and find that thing that you cannot take off in the way that you could take off a costume or take something off your rearview mirror. There's some part of you that is indivisible from you. And it may not feel like a big deal right now, but you can build on it. Find that thing that is just true just because it's true and it is your moral duty to share that with the world because you know what the people around you got something like that too and when we're upfront about it and when we believe in it there's another aspect of this that i that i kind of want to address a little bit with everything that's been going on in the news um with the guy that that um killed the two gentlemen that were protecting the yeah the muslim women on the bus and that guy was just acting all crazy and I I just want to say you don't have to be afraid that guy nobody was going to take his thoughts or his belief or his religion away from him and how can you look at another human being and and feel like they're taking something from you or they're just by sitting on the same transportation that you're sitting on. I don't understand. I, re- I really don't understand that. But I, my prayer is that we move from a place of that cultural, the idea of cultural appropriation to a place of tolerance 
And then from that tolerance to respect and to eventually that respect turning into the celebration of other things. And I think that that is absolutely the line and the path I like that. that we have to go. Appropriation, tolerance, respect, and you end up at celebration. Absolutely. I love the idea of us moving through all of that. If you really know who you are, nobody You can't can... take it away. Nobody so can take that you away. You don't have to be afraid. Yes. You know, I think there's something really beautiful about this. Okay, so now is time to listen up. And that is the part of this uh, show where people write in. You send us your questions. There's a million ways to do that. You can do it by a contact form on the website. You can come find us on social media. You can send an email. There's a lot of ways to do it. One way or the other, please send us your questions. we got a big old stack of them, but keep them coming. The question this week comes from Linda Kay, and she asks... How do I find the underlying lesson of life's events? Okay, I think I know what this means. Um, we talk a lot about this concept that, you know, it's an Eric Butterworth quote. You'll go through it until you grow through it. And I love that. There's that basic idea that everything is an educational opportunity. Nothing is an accident. And once you figure out whatever the lesson is, you get... To graduate, you get to quit repeating whatever that yucky pattern was and so on. You get to move forward. Well, that begs the question, how, how do I find the lesson? There's a lot of stuff going on in my life. How do, I, how do I know what the thing is that I'm supposed to learn? Because either I'm bored or I'm sad or whatever because I don't want to do this anymore. Well, I put myself in that situation because obviously whether it's a medical diagnosis or whether it's a financial thing or whether it's just something that's going on in your family or at your job so the first thing when I read this question I was like okay how do I find the lessons in that well I think you have to be looking for them Sure. I think yeah. I think that's the first big step is and, saying you know that's a step that a lot of people aren't taking. Right. And they I didn't think know that, that this is happening deliberately, whatever is happening. Right. You know? And so I think it's important to acknowledge, okay, you know, it's not happening to me, it's happening through me. And for you. And for me. So which is sometimes oh <laughs> so hard. It's so hard to go, okay, you know, and you just you're like, through gritted teeth, you're like, okay, it's happening, I know, it's okay. And, you know, there are absolutely moments like that. But I think for me, when I am in the midst of it, I'm not actually looking for that lesson right away. Because I know it will become clear on the other side of it. I think at that moment, when you're actually going through it, it's important to feel it, to take a moment to to feel bad about it if that's if it's a bad thing, um, to mourn if you have to mourn a loss of of any kind, and really feel those feelings. Mm-hmm. Don't live there forever, but feel those feelings and acknowledge that you feel crappy, that this is not an ideal situation. I think you have to acknowledge it first. So I think for me, it's like, okay, first realize that there is good in the situation. I don't know what it is. I think for step two, it's actually feel your feelings as you're going through them. Acknowledge them. Don't try to shove them down. Don't try to say, oh no, this is this is going to be, I'm just going to be positive about this. Because sometimes you cannot be positive about it. And there are moments and I know that I've had them, that you, it's, it's impossible. Well, and sometimes I just the wanna, lesson I is, I want to rant and rave right now. Sometimes Don't tell the me lesson is stop pretending like this dysfunctional, whatever it is, is okay. Cause it's not. Cause it's not exactly. Right. So acknowledge that this is happening. Acknowledge that it's not fitting for whatever reason, feel your feelings to do it. And I think a surrender over to that and say, you know what? Okay. I know the next step. And and I think that for me, that's when faith comes in. And every single time, 
every single time, how, however long that process takes. Sometimes it's a short little period. Sometimes it's like this last little thing for me, it was four months. And like literally this week, I was like, oh, okay, I get it now. This is why I'm going through this. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it wasn't a big life-changing event. It was something little, but I've been kind of feeling... just had to sort of live in Yeah, it I was feeling kind of gross about it for the last four months. Ideally, you don't go through it for that long, but okay, maybe you do. Maybe you have to go through it for a couple of years. Maybe it's a couple of hours. Doesn't matter. You know, time is a human construct, right? So it doesn't matter how long you're in it or how you do it, but I just have the faith that when you get to the other side of it, that you will see it, that if you're open to it, that you will see it. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think that part of it is, just as you said about time, God's got this. The time that it takes for your miracle, your demonstration, your paradigm shift, whatever, the time that it takes is the time it takes for you. And that time will pass much more quickly and be a shorter length of time when you get out of the way of it. A big hunk of this is about trust. But I can give some some tips along the way. I think that one of the things I would say is make sure you are not asking the why question. Why is uh, yeah, this happening that's a good one. to me? And this is important because, first of all, that feels like a self-pity question, but also people who are really working on this, well, why is it that I do to... Why is never the right question? Because why only ever leads to a place of blame. Why? You can give the Jesus answer. The only why you need is this was here to glorify God. But In other words, this is a chance to prove something. But don't you think why also keeps you in the past? It yeah. keeps you in thinking about in the past about what you did and everything. It doesn't matter what you did. You're here now. Yeah. You're right here right now. It doesn't matter why. It doesn't matter what led you to this this place. You're here. Yeah. The, the question is never really why. The question is what are you going to do about it? Now, we've talked about that before, but it bears repetition. One of the ways to get out of that cycle is to stop asking why and start asking, what am I going to do about this? But... More than that, what I see a lot when people come to talk to us or we get the phone calls or whatever, one of the things that I see a lot is people going, I'm trying to get to the big answer. I just can't clear away all of this little stuff in my life. If I could just clear these little things away, (laughs) then I could see this big thing. I know that there's this big lesson somewhere. I just can't see it because of all of this junk in my life, all of these people, all this attention. It's literally forests through the trees, you know, kind of idea. But the thing is... When all the sand on this beach, Every, I can enjoy there myself. You go. There you go. Everything is connected to everything. Everything in your life, you've got by right of consciousness. You've got it because it is an outpicturing of something you you have going on the inside. So fighting the stuff of your life is fighting the clues you need. What's that I Harry love Potter that. movie? I love that. Say that again. Fighting the stuff, the stuff of, your of, life of your life is fighting the clues you need. I think that's what you I said. You do. You do get clues, though. But, well, Isn't and you know, that? That's so great. Well, yeah, it I makes love me think that. of that Harry Potter movie, uh, the second one, Chamber of Secrets, um, where uh, Hagrid tells Harry and Ron to follow the spiders. Mm-hmm. And they realize, they're trying to figure out, you've probably seen the movie if you're listening to this podcast, but bear with me. They're trying to figure something out. And they're looking for clues. And they get this message to follow the spiders. And they look around. They realize that all these little teeny spiders are leaving. They're all, it's like a line. You you can visualize a line of ants following sugar or whatever. And in the movie, special effects is great. But they see that everywhere they look, in fact, there's these line of spiders. But they're they're teeny tiny. But if you follow them, they go into the forest and they find this giant, spoilers, they find this giant spider who tells them something. This is Harry Potter. Spiders can talk who tells them something that they need to know in order to figure something else out. Right. The point is, follow the spiders. There's something, the little things of your life are not to be avoided, they're to be paid attention to. And it's so funny because what we're really talking about is don't be attached to how this is going to work. Jenny, your part of this was talking about non-attachment in a way. And my part of it is saying yes, and once you let go of that, get really attached to what's going on 
Not what you want to have going on. Uh. Not where you've been. Not what does it all mean, but rather what is this little moment trying to tell me? Not what do I want it to mean. What, what does it have to say to me? That's an important aspect. That, is, that's, is there something going yeah. on in your life? Do you have the same kind of fights with the same kind of personality type? What's that person trying to tell you? Instead of thinking, how can I get rid of this person? And that's a natural thing to think. You're not even really allowed to say, how can I get this lesson so I can be done with this person? That's right? not even okay. Yeah, exactly. Let's be really clear. Yeah. Because Hello. that's the that's the half metaphysical trick. You read half of a half unity of book this, and you go, yep. it's oh, a, okay. What you've is gone this? half the distance. Yeah. You're not doing what it all What can I learn from you so mm-hmm. that I can dump you out of this car? Right. That's not it. If you And read, not feel bad for doing it. Yeah, because I read half a lesson. <laughs> in truth. If you really want to get there, you have to be able to look at that person for it's not just a person but in this example it's a person look at that person and say not how do i get to the other side of you but rather i am really in this with you in mm-hmm. this moment what yeah. have you got to teach me what are you trying to tell me what are you pointing at in my life and really get lock in really engage really be there with that person what is it that, that you have to tell me in peace, on purpose, in love. What is it? Because love isn't afraid of losing oneself in that moment. And yes, it is the case that if you really listen, if you really get that message, you won't need to get that message anymore. The universe will say, oh, you got it. Now, that may well mean that you don't have to deal with that person anymore. Or it may mean that because you got over whatever the friction was, because it takes two to tango, right? If there's no friction in me, it might be that if you get over whatever that friction was, it's not such a bad thing to be in that person's life anymore. One way or the other, the answer is to follow the spiders of your life, the yucky little moments, the little things that you're trying to sweep out of the way. Look at them. They're trying to tell you something. They're going to lead you somewhere important, but only if you really have the attitude of a follower. to check it out this is the part of the podcast where we tell you what we're up to where you can come and visit us where we're going to be speaking all that good stuff so start us off tonight Dieter well finishing up a bible class at first unity there's still a few weeks left I think there's two weeks left two weeks left after this podcast and um and then that's going to be that's at first unity church and that's firstunity.org you can go to our website and find out about it it's not too late to come uh check that out I also want to let you know that every Thursday we have a Bible discussion group that we broadcast from our living room. It's awesome. We are having so much fun. It's on Facebook Live, 8 o'clock Eastern Time on Thursday evenings. Um, follow us on Facebook and you'll find it. You'll get notifications about it. But it's so great because basically it's we have a bunch of friends come over. Usually there's between a dozen and 20 people in the house. And we hang out and we, you know, I do a, a little presentation. We talk about some Bible stuff. We answer questions. If you're watching it live on Facebook, you can type in questions and we we just have at it. It's really informal. It's so much fun. If you don't listen to it live, you can listen to it later. We're going to be at Unity of North Tampa on June 25th doing our branching in lesson and then an hour workshop after that. That's right. So if you're anywhere in that area, come see us, come say hi, we'd love to see you. We're also doing that same talk over at Unity of Orlando on July 9th. Yeah, that's gonna be a lot of fun. It's I'm, ha- I'm happy to go back Reverend, to Unity Reverend Bob Marshall's church, super cool. He's just, he's the real thing. It's just really neat to get to be part of that community. And then on uh, on the 30th of July, I'll be doing the Sunday lesson at First Unity. And I want to just go back, um, since we're kind of going in order of, of dates and everything like that. We have Summer Conference. That is July 23rd through July 28th. Go to events.imunity.org. 
to download the flyer, to find more information. You can go to our Facebook page. You can contact us if you're interested. It is for our teens and it is just gonna be so awesome. We're kayaking this this year um, down in Sarasota throughout the mangroves. We're, we're gonna be in the silence for about 21 hours. We're doing a, an amazing service project. And I actually, I wrote up a little thing about the conference. If you go to uh, unitysociety.com slash summer, there's a little article that I wrote up about what it is and why it's important, how you can help and all kinds of stuff. So yeah, that's why I wanted to put that last because oh, it's okay. by far the most important thing. Yeah, come see us. Absolutely. Go to the book sign. Buy the book. You know, the whole thing. Super cool. We're, we're so excited about all the things we have going on. But the two things I'm especially excited about right now are that Facebook Live thing, but especially Summer Conference. It is a life changing event for these teens and young adults it is a life-changing event for the adults who are there to sponsor and chaperone it's a life-changing event for the people that work at the hotel we always get people that say i can't believe how awesome these kids are and we we just know you know it's so nice to to break the stereotype to get in there and and make a little bit of a change in the world we just really make a dent every single time and so it's it's the best you can also come and join us for our St. Pete Sunshine Celebrations. Those happen on Wednesday morning at 7.20 at North Shore Beach. And also at Sunday evenings, about a half hour to 40 minutes before the sun sets. We're at St. Pete Beach, right across from Dolphin Village. Yeah, and don't park in Dolphin Village. Yeah, because last week somebody's... Somebody's car got towed. Yeah, that, that there's there's us, an so. official beach parking lot. Yeah, so park, park in it, the official beach parking lot. Park it's, there. It's summertime has happened, and the and the powers that be are paying a little bit closer attention. But we park there and we walk uh, along the beach about a hundred yards or so south of of the beach public entrance. The crowd thins out a little bit, and it's just our people. You'll find us. We're right there. It's just it's really neat to about a half hour before sunset just really celebrate. A new week and the reminder that that sun is always there whether you know it or not and as always you can find us on facebook instagram and twitter and the handle is at the unity society so come find us come chat with us we look forward to it okay Dieter let's um Wrap it up. There is something about you. It may be hidden. It may seem small. It may not seem like it could ever be important to anybody else. Maybe it could seem like it, it would never be important to you. But there is some part of you that is indivisible. There is an atomic center of you. That word, Adam, comes from the Greek, it means not cut. There's that uncuttable part of you that can't be stripped away, can't be taken away, can't be put on and taken off like a costume. That part of you, it's a truth about you. The divine spark in you, as Paul says, Christ in you, your hope of glory. That part of you is the part that will bring your own to you, solve your problems, make your life easy, help you fall in love with the whole rest of your life. It is time to let that light shine. There's a lot of ways you can buy acclaim, opinions. You can try and earn somebody somebody's approval of you. And all of that isn't worth much. What everybody wants, what life wants from you, is the truth about you. You owe it to them. You owe it to us. You owe it to you. So stop putting on costumes. Find ways to tear down walls. Find ways to engage with the little moments of your life and say, look, here's what I have to offer. What do you have to offer? How can we come together? How can we learn? How can we find peace? That's where it starts. The magic happens when we don't think we're all the same, but rather when we recognize and celebrate our beautiful differences. It's not much of an orchestra when everybody's playing the same note on the same instrument. The Unity Society podcast is recorded on the orange couch at Pin Feather Studios. And our sound engineer is the handsome and strong Raina Randolph. She and her brother, the lovely and talented Miles Randolph, play the music that you hear on this show. This podcast is supported solely by you.
And by golly, what could that mean? It means two things. It means I need you. We need you. You need you. The world needs you to share this with somebody. Go post it on your Facebook. Share it with somebody. Send an email. Tweet it. Smoke signal it. Carrier pigeon it. Tell somebody about this podcast, about what we're doing on the website. Go find some articles that we've written that, that speak to you. I guarantee if you read them, you'll find somebody that needs to know what you already know. So part one is share. And part two is write a review. Go to where you're listening to this podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, Amazon Play, wherever it is, and write a five-star review because that will help that mechanism happen and promote this podcast to the world. It takes you a minute, but it can change everything forever. And as always, thank you for listening. Have an amazing, amazing week.